0: It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling.
1: Coming up on episode number 96 of The Night Talker, it's an hour-long conversation with actor and comedian David Keckner who's headlining at Cap City Comedy Club this weekend. I am your host, Trey Elling. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Courtesy Wave and do the same for ESPN Austin at 1027ESPN. As I just mentioned, it is an honor and a pleasure to get to speak with actor and comedian David Koechner all hour long. David is here in town right now, as a matter of fact. A little bit earlier, he performed for the first of three nights as the headliner of the big room at Cap City Comedy Club, doing a couple of shows on Friday night, a couple shows on Saturday night, and Office Trivia with Todd Packer. That's right, that David Keckner You also know him, of course, as Champ Kind from Anchorman and so many other roles over the years. If you want tickets or more info for those stand-up shows, go to capcitycomedy.com. David, thank you so much for the time. How you doing today?
0: Fantastic. Sorry about that. I it was in the middle of setting up my uh, internet service because it just turned on. And then it was trying to override my phone to get in. And then I had to go through, you know, a three-step confirmation process. Anyway, we are here. How are you, sir?
1: Cool. Well, uh, on this end, it's been a busy day, too. It was my kid's first day of school. I've got an eight or soon to be nine, soon to be seven-year-old. So on the one hand, it was nice because I'm getting them out of the house for a couple of hours a day. But uh, on the other hand, there's a whole new set of challenges that comes with Getting uh, little humans who aren't quite capable of taking care of themselves ready to go at 6.30 in the morning, you know?
0: You're leaving the house at 6.30?
1: Well, we, we really get the uh, the getting ready, making breakfast, and getting out of the house by 7. We take a 10 to 15-minute walk to school after that. But oh, wow. Yeah. Right.
0: That's nice. Uh,
1: you know, some days I wish their school started at, I don't know, like 10 o'clock, but uh, you suck it up and make it happen, right?
0: But they're at the same school, right? They
1: are at the same school, thankfully, yeah.
0: My younger ones are at three different schools.
1: Okay, so you have a, a, a basketball, a starting basketball team on your hands. So you're in high yeah, school, middle, middle school, school, and then
0: elementary school too. Post college, twins are seniors, and Eve is seventh grade.
1: Okay, so you're past the elementary school stage of things. Is it nicer as it uh, as the kids get older and more self sufficient?
0: Well, Eve is still uh, elementary. She's seventh. Gotcha. I always say the day to look forward to. Is the day they can buckle themselves in the car seat? Yeah,
1: that's a good day, and the day that they no longer need a booster too. They can hang out with you in the front seat,
0: right? Yeah,
1: because it's one less thing that you're having to worry about before turning the ignition and, and getting the car going.
0: Well, that was always the fight,
1: right? What one, one of? I don't know yeah. how uh, I don't know how fiercely independent your kids have been since they were younger, but my soon to be 9 year old daughter i mean she's too smart for her own good i mean she is she's about to be 9 going on 19 and one of the things that i'm trying to explain to her right now david is that it's not only is it okay to say i don't know to something it's actually the smartest answer you can possibly give if you don't actually know what's going on versus faking like you do because inevitably that'll be seen
0: through oh when they ask you a question
1: that or they they pipe in like there's sometimes that my wife and I are talking and she'll be like, oh, this, you have no idea about how to fix a car. You're, you're not even nine years old yet. After all
0: these years, I finally come to recognize something. We think they're trying to exert on us. But if we say, oh, I'm glad you're interested, right? Because our desire is to teach them constantly and tell them what's right and wrong. Now, if we can change the paradigm slow down, listen, and not correct them,
1: Mm.
0: you know, ask them, I'm glad you're interested. Tell me more about it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And I'm thinking about it because one of my biggest problems as a parent is offering up unsolicited advice to my kids versus letting them try to figure out. But part of that probably is also what you just mentioned, which is really fostering and leaning into and embracing their interest, even if it manifests itself and then trying to tell you how
0: things are. Right. Well, so there's the battle because we're thinking, I have to teach you all the time. Yeah. But really they have to discover all the time and they have an independent way of viewing the world. And if it's not life or death, I'm glad you're interested.
1: The reality also is that they need to be able to, in their interest in learning more about things and going through experiences themselves, uh, they need to also fail in the process too because that that is how they ultimately learn far more than any piece of advice or uh, any unsolicited advice that you can impart on them.
0: Agreed. And if you start noticing how often we tell them what to think, and they always have resistance in it. And we start asking them, what do you think?
1: How many kids did it take you to, uh, to figure that out?
0: Well, I'm only getting there now. I didn't notice for years. You know what I mean? Yeah. I look at it like this. So you're born with your mainframe, right? Then mm-hmm. you got to start plugging it in your wires. But we give them the software to run. That's not their software. They develop their own software over time. And if you remember, Socrates taught by what? Asking questions. Right. Because when they give the answer, they learn. We think we're imparting knowledge on them all the time. But what they're hearing is, you're trying to control my thought process.
1: Yeah.
0: Or not. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, our job is to make sure uh, they're safe, and they don't hurt anybody. That's it. And we could even say, uh, do you think that's safe? Would that hurt somebody? Rather than us telling them. Now it's the hardest thing to do because we are already down the road on how we have organized how the, the control group is gonna go, right?
1: Mm.
0: You're gonna listen to me and you're gonna do what I say. Right? That's our that's our that's our parental um modus operandi
1: sometimes that's the path of least resistance to unfortunately I mean even though you want to uh to ask them questions and allow them to come to their own conclusions
0: well let's take this let's take let's let's take bedtime right always a fight <laughs> what if he said early hey tell me how the bedtime process works right you ask them mm-hmm And they go, well, you make me do this. Okay, right. Well, what would you do? Right? So do you think it's important to brush your teeth? So I'll let you decide when you want to do that. Now, the reason I'm asking you to go to bed at whatever it is, eight or nine, is because it's uh, important that you get a number of hours sleep. Right? So what do you think is a good time for you to brush your teeth, shut off your phone, do a little reading, and maybe I could read you a book. That was too many questions, but you know what I mean? So
1: just give them complete autonomy over uh, a nightly situation.
0: Input. Hmm. Not autonomy. Input. So they come up with it. I like the way you think. No, they might say... Uh, I want to stay up late. Guess what? Me too. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? (laughs) Do you think you'll be tired in the morning if you go to bed at 10? Probably. So why don't we, you know, keep going to bed whenever we've said so and see how that works. Does that sound good? It's a paradigm shift, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. You hear a lot about this in modern times, especially as it pertains to technology of nudging people in a certain direction. It's using that psychological skill to help get your kids to kind of do what you want, but also to get them to come to that conclusion themselves and do it on their own.
0: Exactly. 100%.
1: He is actor and comedian David Keckner He is headlining at Cap City Comedy Club this weekend. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Also, Office Trivia with Todd Packer Saturday afternoon. To access those tickets that do remain or for more info, go to CapCityComedy.com. Coming up, more with David on the other side.
0: It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling
1: back with actor and comedian David Keckner. He is headlining at Cap City Comedy Club this weekend. Already did a show earlier tonight. He has four more shows, actually five more shows total. Two shows on Friday night in the big room at Cap City, two shows on Saturday also in the big room. And he's also hosting the Office Trivia with Todd Packer, of course, the very popular TV show, The Office, that he was a part of for several seasons, doing that on Saturday afternoon. For info and to snag those tickets that do remain for any of those shows, go to capcitycomedy.com. How much a student of philosophy are you, David? That was, uh, this was some really valuable knowledge you just dropped a few minutes ago.
0: Uh, well, I was a, I was a poli-sci major. At Mizzou, right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, and then as an actor, you know, it's your job to um, always investigate why we do what we do, Mm. right? And then how has that uh, affected uh, all of us? You know, and the worst thing that's happened in the last 15 years is the cell phone, Yep. right? It has separated us. It has divided us. Now, if it was just a cell phone, that'd be much different. But all these apps are the things that are controlling us. Now, do your kids have phones?
1: No, eight and six. And my plan, (laughs) best laid plans, right, is for them not to have even like a cell phone that just makes phone calls and text messages until high school. Oh, high school. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I made the bad decision early. It was 11, not knowing what it was. It yeah. was just a, 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 you know, a way to be in touch. I didn't know it was going to jump to the computer. And then I had no way, way of knowing uh, social media and what that would do. You you had
1: no way of knowing either, by the way. No. it was It was sold as a completely different bill of goods, to your point, to yeah, I mean, stay in know, touch with them, you know? know?
0: Little by little, you know, Facebook seemed harmless. You're just connecting with friends, hmm. not knowing that people were using it as a way to get information. Right, and then Snapchat and uh, you know Instagram and TikTok, it's it's a it's a menace, right? Mm -hmm. And then once the cat's out of the bag, it's very difficult to then rein them in and go, okay, uh, here's what's happening. You get uh, you know, a couple hours a day, uh, they shut it down, and I have access to all your screens. That's not going to happen. You know, so I could go back to what I said, which would be, what do you think is a good amount of time <laughs> you should be on screens? First of all, do you think it really helps you? I know it's fun. Does it help you? What are you missing out in life? You know, that kind of thing, right? Well, you know, they're already shutting down because they don't want to listen to that conversation. Because they're addicted in a way, right?
1: I mean, these computer scientists have done a brilliant job of figuring out how to hack the dopamine reward systems in the brain. It's it's extremely messed up, but it's also brilliant at the same time, as much as I despise it. I've got to acknowledge that.
0: Yeah, so I guess the larger question would be, how do you feel when you start going through uh, the app app? And at what time do you start getting tired or frustrated? And then when you're done, how's it feel after, you know, and it would be like, uh, what what are their interests? you have, Hmm. you know, it's, it's a delicate thing to get in there because they're hooked and they just want to do that thing. Yeah. It's, it's dangerous, but here it is. Um, It's hard. You you know, you can't necessarily get your arms around it. Um, You you can't ban it. Uh, So I guess you have to lead to a certain extent and uh, come up with an agreement of what we think is healthy.
1: Just like with everything else that is fun but potentially harmful for you is trying to teach that point of moderation. And back to my eight year old, she figured out how to hack into our iPad several months wow. ago. And we found out because we were opening the iPad before charging it for a vacation, because we almost say we let our guard down, but we loosen things a little bit on airplanes. Just, I mean, everybody's course, staring at a screen yeah. on an airplane. So we'll let them do, do a little bit of that too play games, watch movies, whatever else we open this iPad up and realize this is how smart, not just my daughter, but a lot of kids are these days. She had started an email address, And accounts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Zoom, Spotify. There's a couple Uh of others too. And she had put her picture in a couple of these social media accounts also without realizing what was going on. So I had to, I, I didn't go bad cop necessarily. Like she got in a little bit of trouble, but it was more like, look, you don't understand what you are volunteering over when you are getting onto these things. Your little brain, as smart as you are, you don't get the potential harm that you are bringing on yourself and this family by putting your information out there like that. She was scared that she was going to get kidnapped in the middle of the night for a couple of months, but hopefully the uh, point made it through to her little brain in the process.
0: Were, were her accounts private? No. No? No. Public accounts. Yeah. they Because they want to start getting, you know, friends and likes. Of
1: course. Yeah. Yeah. It's for the it's for those uh, dopamine hits. Every like, yep. every comment. It's just uh, it's it's very messed up. And the other problem with it, David, as you're probably well aware, is that as harmful as it is to a lot of people's psyches, not just kids, by the way, adults too. It's also discouraging people from just being present, just simply 100%. being in the moment.
0: Well, yeah, or or, or, uh, having individuality or, um, you know, having priorities on what's important. Because what's important is how many likes did I get? How many followers do I have? Right? And I guess there's that discussion to have how many would make you happy, you know? Or should this just be for friends to stay in touch? You know, it's it's tough to get them to understand because their opinion is we don't know anything about it.
1: They're right in some cases. We don't know I don't, a lot about it, but we know enough to understand that the uh, the the net costs far outweigh the gains.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it, it will eventually you know uh maybe become boring or or might be something that they lose interest in because it's just so exhausting how long can you just go through tiktok and scroll and scroll and scroll and like you said that's the dopamine hit you know and is that important what'd you learn but they just feel like they're participating in a thing. I guess the question is, um, what difference does it make? Did that help your life today? You know, um, so we are, we are in a rare place that has never before existed. Where, um, there are so many other people that have the ability to manipulate the entire population and they've done it and people are susceptible and they're, you know, um, saying these things are true. And so that's our job to go, uh, do you know how information is confirmed?
1: Hmm.
0: And then uh, there are, you know, our, uh, um, Our our, our desire is to tell them. You know, that person that just said that, uh, where do they get their information? You know, Uh, are they a journalist? Do you know what a journalist is? Do you know what a journalist does? A journalist won't write something unless they have one or two people confirming it who were there at the time. Do you understand that? Now, do you think this kid that made this opinion was there and investigated it? Or does he just have an opinion? And everyone should, but an opinion is not a fact. Now, this is already, you've lost him, right? I mean, you know, it's too yeah. too long to say all that stuff. But I do wonder if there will be... Uh, some time when it just becomes so exhausting that they don't care so um kids won't open a facebook account you know that yeah like my kids don't do facebook and they they rarely do instagram uh the oh, primary is that right? thing yeah yeah uh the primary thing is uh snapchat mm. and then uh you know uh, uh tiktok is a medium wherein they can feel like they have some influence, you know, go viral, make money. But after a while they go, Oh, that's just not possible. And I'm not, you know, how willing, how willing am I to invest in uh, uh, something like that? I guess the 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 thing you want to steer them to is uh, what are your best interests uh, in TikTok? I'm not on TikTok, but I understand you can have a lanes you like to look at that, you know, are uh, you know, educational or informational, right? Rather than just trying to look at uh, uh, what's popular. So I, I don't know. I don't look at it. I certainly don't do Snapchat. Hmm. Um, but they're they're not that interested on uh, Instagram and Facebook is a dinosaur. They won't participate in. I'm guessing Twitter
1: probably falls somewhere between Instagram and Facebook. None of the, none of them
0: have Twitter. I don't, well, I don't think it's going to work.
1: He is actor and comedian David Keckner headlining at Cap City Comedy Club this weekend. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Also, The Office Trivia with Todd Packer Saturday afternoon. For info or to grab the tickets that remain, go to capcitycomedy.com. Coming up, more with David Keckner on the other side.
0: It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elliott. Back
1: with actor and comedian David Koechner, who is headlining at Cap City Comedy Club this weekend. He already did a show earlier tonight that you have missed if you did not know already that he was in town, but you still have several more opportunities to check him out. He is doing two stand-up shows in the big room at Cap City on Friday night, two shows on Saturday night, and the Office Trivia with Todd Packer Saturday afternoon There are still some tickets that remain for most of those shows. Go to CapCityComedyClub.com to grab those and for information. You know, I'm thinking back to uh, something you talked about a few minutes ago about whatever acting role that you're encountering, you always ask the question why to try and figure out the purpose of that character. Is there a character that comes to mind that was maybe difficult to come up with that answer that turned out to be really satisfying in the end from your career?
0: You know, I've done mostly comedies, yeah. and so the why for me is, how can I make this uh, be alive and true to what the writing is and then make sure I was able to do it comedically in a way that was uh, revelatory? You know, surprise them. They didn't expect it. Hmm. That also invites them to uh, be curious, like, what else is going on there? (laughs) <laughs> it's not just a joke. There's a whole person. What What's his life like? So if I can create uh, an interesting mystery, if you will, about that person, where it's not just, oh, it's that, and you're just telling your joke, but you, you do have a life for that person that makes the audience go, what's his deal? Mm-hmm. Then I think I've done a joke.
1: You know, I, I was looking back at your IMDb today, and I know obviously uh, a lot of people put a ton of focus on Champ Kind and Todd Packer, and you were brilliant in those roles. But I even think back to like secondary roles that you did in the movie Dirty Work. Rest in peace, Norm. One of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Sorry for your loss. I know it's been a couple of years, man, but that that one that one stung. Um, you played Anton Phillips. <laughs> In that movie, and you were a you were a bad guy in the film, where ultimately the uh, the the dead hookers are in the trunks of the cars uh, on the uh, the used car lot that uh, that you were managing. Was that set a lot of fun to be on, considering that it was Norm, Artie, uh, Chris Farley, although he may not have been in great shape, was on that one as well. Was that uh, was that a pretty fun time for you?
0: Uh, yeah, Bob Saget directed. Yeah, uh, shot in L.A. Uh, it's Norm's first film Artie Lang. Uh, I don't know how well they knew each other, but that's a nice odd pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Norm, um, you know, uh, Norm's Norm. He's not going to be looking, uh, he, he likes to react, right? He's not gonna, uh, push his character thing. Like, ah, what's that? But he also has such a unique delivery and, um, uh, approach that it's always interesting, right? So they're on a journey. I'm a guy that's a con man and I have secrets, <laughs> right? So my thing is, I hope you don't discover what I've going on. You know, I'm just looking to make money. And clearly, they put some, you know, uh, I, I don't want to spoil it, people, dead people in cars. And so they're going to get my comeuppance right there because, you know, I'm controlling the situation and I think I'm going to get over on everybody, right? And then when uh, and an immediate disaster happens and I can't control it, you know, that's fun because I'm a bad guy and I'm getting my comeuppance. They've outsmarted me. Oh, my God, it's a dead hooker. Look, it's another dead hooker. Yeah, God, that, that scene
1: is amazing. And uh, one more thing that you probably don't get asked about a ton, and I remember watching this series just marveling that it was actually on anywhere, much less VH1. Late World with Zach, which Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, you were a regular cast member on. My buddies and I, this was in the middle of a... Uh, Pretty consistent uh, three-year bender in college, but we would watch that show every, I forget if it was a nightly show, it was on a couple of times a week. We couldn't believe that that VH1 had greenlit this show. It was just such an insane brand of comedy, headlined by Zach Galifianakis, of course. I would assume you guys had a lot of fun just really messing with whatever limits or rules were in place at VH1 at that time.
0: Yeah, you know it's clear that Zach has an original voice, and uh, you know they want to let him do what he wants to do. Uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure my buddy Greg Fitzsimmons was the showrunner, and you know VH1 had low stakes. Uh, they're trying to break in, a, you know, a new format, uh, and so you know they're going to experiment. And they probably didn't have uh, a number of producers that were capable of giving notes, so I think they got some leeway with that one, right? Yeah. Uh, Was it three years, really?
1: No, it was only a season, I believe. Okay. Probably 12 episodes? Something like that. I I honestly don't remember other than that we watched every episode and we had taped, we had VHS taped at the time because this is pre-DVR and uh, would watch the repeats
0: after it was canceled, a season in or whatever. Yeah, it was completely unique. And, you know, there's chaos too. Uh, And there's anarchy veiled all in there. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm sure the network is looking for, well, we need to reach a broad audience. Let's, you know, uh, do this or this. I'm I'm sure they didn't have. uh, I don't know if they'd ever done that type of show at all, like a talk show. So they didn't know what they're doing, you know. And so I think they had a a commitment for a certain number of episodes and they were just going to let it happen.
1: I'm glad you mentioned your friendship with uh, Greg Fitzsimmons. I had the pleasure of speaking with him a couple months ago before he headlined at uh, Rogan's Comedy Mothership. That is just—I mean, not only is he a world-class comedian, that is just an awesome dude. One of my all-time favorite conversations. That's really cool that you guys are boys.
0: Agreed, 100. percent Just yeah, the salt of the earth. Yeah, no doubt about and, that. And and a fantastic comic.
1: Yeah, I mean he such is such a pro. He's been at it so for, de- yeah. for I want to say four decades at this point, three and a half decades, and uh, it shows. I mean, he is so comfortable on stage, just you know, doing interviews like this, just like you are. I mean, he's he, he's been been through it time and time again. Nothing catches him off guard.
0: Just puts it out there. He's patient. You guys are going to get it. Hang in there. Keep listening. Here it comes, and it keeps building on itself
1: you were a part of uh, season three of curb your enthusiasm. And while a lot of people get to have altercations with Larry, very few get physical altercations, but you uh, did so as Joseph after he complimented Mary's bosoms. Was that a lot of fun to get to shoot and uh, wrestle around oh, with yeah.
0: Larry? Oh well, yeah. Um, and the way that shot they've got, it's all improvised, but they've got, uh, you know, some uh, a- outline of the scene of what they want, how they want it to begin and where they wanted to go, right? So, you know, I've been in improvisation for years. And so that was fun. And then Larry would um kind of side coach you here or there and get where you wanted to go. Mm. So the best part is if I could crack up Larry, my day is made. Right? Did you get him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was very happy. Uh, a couple years later, we were at some award show and um uh, we happen to be washing our hands in the bathroom at the same time. It was, hey, Joseph, you know, I've often thought, what if we didn't get you? You are perfect. We're like, okay, thank you. Who
1: cracks you up the hardest that you've uh, either acted with regularly or have acted with on at least one occasion?
0: For acting. Uh, well it's always will and Steve yeah um yeah. Uh, you know it's case by case right yeah um those are the big ones uh if you have got a, if you got a good fun set you know you're gonna have some laughs mm-hmm. but uh not you don't you don't improvise on every movie uh because you know not every director is adept at adding a different process where he knows he's going to plug it in the editing room uh so it, it's a that's a different skill as well um knowing what you're looking for and whether it's going to add value to your to your uh, movie <laughs> but um did you ever see extract
1: oh yeah the jason Bateman, uh mila kunis flick mike mike, judge. directed by mike, mike judge yeah
0: like judge movie so that was a completely different character for me. And so the fact that I was able to uh, crack up Kristen Wig and uh, uh, Bateman was a uh, a fine fine thing to do
1: you do mostly Bateman's hilarious by the way i'm I'm a although I don't know if it shows in this conversation I uh, pride myself as a smart ass and he's maybe one of the uh, the great smart asses around right now. But uh, obviously, you know, you talked about this. People know you more for your comedic stuff, but you've done more than comedy. Do you have a serious role that you're most proud of?
0: Uh, Thank you for smoking is pretty good, though. It's, you know, it's a uh, comedy, too. There's a movie called Cheap Thrills that's very good. It is not for children. So no one under 17. It's a dark, twisted thriller with some dark comedic undertones, and it's just fantastic. It's just really good. And so that's more of a straight thing. Um, So they've been few and far between. Uh, uh, There was the show, Bless This Mess, which offered a a bunch of different looks. And it was uh, right before COVID. And we're just starting to uh, cook with gas. And uh, the, the, the cast was wonderful. The writing was superior. But we shot our show on location. And so that cost a little more money. So we got trimmed. I was like, this thing's going to run 10 years and I'm going to be very happy. Uh, So that's too bad.
1: Too bad indeed. He is actor and comedian David Koechner. Going to be at Cap City Comedy Club this weekend. For info and to grab tickets to shows on Friday night, Saturday night, or The Office Trivia with Todd Packer, go to capcitycomedy.com. Coming up, one more segment with David on the other side. It's The Night Talker
0: with Trey Elling. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling.
1: Final segment with actor and comedian David Koechner headlining at Cap City Comedy Club all weekend. You actually missed a show a little bit earlier tonight, but you have five more chances to check David out. He's doing two shows on Friday, two shows on Saturday, and The Office Trivia with Todd Packer Saturday afternoon. For tickets and more information, go to capcitycomedy.com. And David, we were just talking about the perils of technology and its invasiveness on our lives. Is there anything else that you wanted to add there?
0: I heard an interview a while back that said, so the next step is, so we got AI and it's, you know, getting smarter every day. So the next step is AI robots. And they will be able to make them charismatic, smart, intriguing with, you know, all the best personality traits and they will be um, gurus that people follow because it can, it can know how to touch you emotionally and they will have the things that are charismatic and they will tell you, here's the path to a better life. Teachers won't exist. What jobs are anybody going to have? Uh, they'll figure out a better way to, to shove out the uh, fast food. You will um, think, I want uh, to go through the drive through 15 minutes before you go there, and then it's already there, and you just pick it up. But well, you don't have to go. You send the car. What's everyone going to do?
1: We're just going to stay strapped to those VR headsets, I guess.
0: Well, I hope not. Those get boring. Mike, my, I my, bought my one for my daughter uh, two Christmases ago, and she rarely uses it.
1: That's good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to yeah. hear that Meta has been a resounding failure with uh, by Facebook so far, but... Who knows? They'll, they'll continuing uh, they'll continue tinkering with that technology too, and eventually get it right
0: enough that people will be flocking in droves. Well, there has to be a rebellion. So Kurzweil said that's what the war is going to be about. Hmm. There are going to be enough people to go, no, that's wrong. You can't do that, and there are going to be a bunch of people who go, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And so he didn't exactly say uh, what the war would be, but it's going to be a hell of a fight, and it should be. You know, it, it's important that we remain, remain our organic without a chip in our head.
1: See, I think so, but I also worry that considering how it only took a month into a pandemic for everybody to be at one another's throats, the technology is just going to put – a t-shirt on social media and get us arguing about what color it is. And then we're.
0: It's, it's a, it's a precarious time. That's for sure. All
1: right. Last question, David, because um, this has been a fascinating, enlightening conversation. And I want to end on a positive note. I'm not going to ask you about your chiefs. You lucky bastard. You've got Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback going forward. Every Super Bowl win, and there's probably going to be a bunch of them are found money. So, uh, last question now. What is the key to happiness? Based on everything that we've talked about today,
0: be present and listen, and just keep repeating to yourself, peace. It's hard to do because we're always trying to get something done, or I'm I'm trying to. Um, you know, uh, affect how another person thinks about me. But what's more important, how do I think about me? So if I can get to a place where my primary interest is listening, that then offers an opportunity to slow it all down and don't feel I have to respond or affect one another person is doing. I can acknowledge it. Because then, you know, what's the best thing I can do? Acknowledge you. Without adding to it. You know, if I say, hey, man, this has been a great interview. Right? So in a way, I'm, I'm influencing it, how you feel about me. Now, if I say, hey, man, it's been great to talk to you. Little difference there, right? Hmm. Hey, I'm glad we got to connect. That's, that's but then part between. of our desire, right? Is I want to get you to like me. So say great interview. Right? Yeah. But if I just said, hey, this has been great to talk to you. I appreciate it.
1: That's more of a throwaway line.
0: But it's truthful. I and mean, doesn't that make you feel better? Well, no, here we go. I've enjoyed the interview. That's more neutral.
1: Okay. I see what you're saying there. Yeah. See, I feel yeah. like you saying great interview is you paying a compliment. You saying good talking to you is like asking somebody how their day is. Like, mm-hmm. hey, how's your day going? In passing, you don't really care, but it's just something that you say when you encounter somebody, or in this case, when you into conversation.
0: Right, and we also don't listen to it. No, we don't, because we think it's uh, not disingenuous. So we could go, <laughs> well, how much of it do you want to hear? G- you know, generally good. There's some been some pitfalls and some triumphs. Tell me about one of your triumphs today.
1: Are you asking me or are you saying uh, generally speaking? Sure. I am in the process of uh, starting two different jobs right now, David. One is a a YouTube channel that focuses on sports and general entertainment talk called Texas Sports Unfiltered. And uh, I'm essentially... Without the title, the CTO, responsible for making sure the technology is up to speed. And today, a week and a half into our existence, we launched a customized app that is available when you search our name in the App Store. <laughs> Getting back to that technology now, I guess. Uh, in both the uh, the Apple and Android App Stores. And so that's a, that's a pretty big W for us.
0: And did it roll out today?
1: Rolled out this morning, yeah.
0: How'd that make you feel?
1: Felt pretty damn good because accomplishing stuff feels good that you put a lot of effort into. Good for you. How'd you win today?
0: Um, I'm I'm uh I will be packing early so I don't have to do it in the morning in a rush. So I've been slowly, uh, methodically uh, accomplishing things that need to be done for a a, a easy transition in the morning. And I answered a bunch of emails and yeah, I think I'm prepared for tomorrow. That's good.
1: Getting yourself prepared is important. Whether you're talking about taking a multi-day trip to Austin or getting yourself prepared for the inevitable war with the robots,
0: you know? Yeah i get my uh, suitcase down below 50 pounds.
1: I have a problem with that now. My wife just bought me a huge suitcase and it's fun to just throw as much stuff as humanly possible into it. And I took it to the airport w- when we went to Colorado and it was like 60 pounds. So I had to load 10 pounds of stuff into my backpack.
0: Why do you think that happened? Because you didn't count the number of pairs of underwear you needed or socks or shirts. You just went overboard because it's big.
1: I started throwing shoes and weights. I mean it was ridiculous what I was doing. I I weights. was I was the definition pack- of George Carlin's uh stuff bit from so many years ago where it was just like trying to put as much stuff in my suitcase as possible.
0: You packed weights?
1: Now that was a bit of an exaggeration. I did pack my broadcasting equipment though because of this uh this channel that launched. I had to bring that with me. But yeah, I had I just had too much stuff in there. I started packing stuff for my family also. I mean it wasn't All selfish necessarily, but there was also a weird, fun game going on of how much stuff I could put in my suitcase.
0: Yeah, I always throw it on the scale. (laughs) Always overpack. You can always bring an extra suitcase for the tech stuff.
1: Oh, you throw it on the scale at home. That's a good idea. I'm going to have to start doing that now.
0: Yeah, when I know that I've been too lazy to actually look and see how many. I don't need eight pairs of underwear and socks. You know, know, I'll take some out.
1: Well, you may need eight pairs of underwear in Austin if you're going to be here for three or four days because you will sweat through at least three of those.
0: I'm not going outside. Yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. He is David Koechner. You know who he is. He's an actor and a hilarious comedian. He's going to be at Cap City Comedy Club this weekend a show on Thursday night two shows Friday night two shows Saturday night also doing Office Trivia with Todd Packer Saturday afternoon Uh, there are still some tickets available not a ton some tickets available for most of those shows so go to capcitycomedy.com for tickets and more info Uh, David I mean this when I say it and I said it after I spoke with Greg Fitzsimmons a couple of months ago that was one of my all-time favorite conversations this is now in that category as well thank you so much for the time today man
0: I appreciate you. Kindred spirits, hail fellow, well met.
1: All right, another show is in the books. Thank you so much for listening tonight. We'll be back tomorrow at 10. In the meantime, have yourselves a great rest of the evening and sweet dreams.
0: It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling.